They are playing for keeps. Are you? Let's talk about it on the special edition of the Doc Washburn Show. Welcome to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We are the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is all too often afraid to talk about. This is episode 333 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show for Sunday, January 29th, 2023. Just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, I will never call Joe Biden president because it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. I will never pretend a man can become a woman, and I will never forget about the January 6th political prisoners most Republican politicians refuse to even mention. And August 8th, 2022, the day the Biden regime's secret police conducted an unprecedented and unconstitutional raid on the home of a former president of the United States is a day that shall live in infamy. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburn.com, click on the button that says Become a Patron. Also, please remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. And we have a new show called Red Pill Sports. My friend Donnie Copeland does it, and it drops each Tuesday evening at 11 p.m. Central. So check that out, too. Okay, the theme of today's show is They Are Playing for Keeps, Are You? Now, in the last episode of the Doc Washburn Show, I told you how all the big podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, iTunes, iHeart, Audible, Odyssey, Google Chrome, and plenty more had refused to make the show that I did last Thursday available to their customers, apparently because I used the word Pfizer in the title, and that set off some kind of new algorithm to try to suppress news about the huge new Pfizer scandal. James O'Keefe's organization, Project Veritas, had secretly recorded a conversation with a top Pfizer executive revealing some life-or-death information that could lead to many deaths and long prison sentences for those involved. So I talked about it on my Thursday show, and Big Tech censored it. Saturday evening, I, I explained what was going on and played it in its entirety, along with my interview that I did Thursday with a great podcaster we recently met, the wonderful Mel Kay, who has her own podcast. Anyway, now both shows, the one from Thursday that was previously unavailable and the update from Saturday explaining what happened to the Thursday show, are both available. And I don't know why. But here's what I do know. Pfizer is playing for keeps. The FBI is playing for keeps. The entire U.S. intelligence community 
is playing for keeps. The World Economic Forum is playing for keeps. George Soros and Antifa are playing for keeps. The question is, are you playing for keeps? Let me give you some details about what's going on with Pfizer, with big tech, with the FBI, with the deep state. Let's start with an update on the Pfizer scandal. Okay, so after I did my show Thursday, I found out the Project Veritas's James O'Keefe had actually confronted this Pfizer executive, Director of Research and Development, MRNA Strategic Planning, a guy named Jordan Tristan Walker. And Walker freaked out and actually got violent with O'Keefe and his staff. Let me share with you how Deborah Hine described it over at American Greatness, amgreatness.com. The article is entitled, Pfizer Research and Development Director Has Meltdown When Confronted About Project Veritas Video. Pfizer Director Dr. Jordan Tristan Walker had a very public meltdown in a New York City restaurant last week when confronted by Project Veritas founder James O'Keefe about the shocking comments he made on undercover video about mutating viruses for profit. Dr. Walker reacted violently, physically assaulting O'Keefe and his staff and smashing O'Keefe's iPad when the muckraker tried to show him the undercover recordings. Project Veritas released the bombshell video Wednesday evening featuring Walker explaining how the company was exploring ways to get around the ban on gain-of-function research by doing what he called directed evolution research to get ahead of a new COVID strain. Walker admitted in the undercover video that the COVID virus likely sprung from the Wuhan lab and referred to it as a cash cow for Pfizer. He said, either way, it's going to be a cash cow. COVID is going to be a cash cow for us for a while going forward, like obviously. He also admitted that pharmaceutical companies and government regulatory agencies, such as the FDA, have mutual interests that are not in the best interest of the American people. He told the Project Veritas journalist, the Big Pharma is a revolving door for all government officials. Dr. Robert Malone, inventor of mRNA technology, appeared on Tucker Carlson tonight on Fox News to react to the explosive revelations. Dr. Malone said, the buried lead is the implicit acknowledgement that they cannot construct vaccines fast enough, the virus is outrunning them, and they're having to resort to extraordinary measures. The vaccinologist said that it was an acknowledgement that Pfizer was admitting defeat of their vaccine technology and their platform and campaign. Dr. Malone also said they're saying that we have to go so far out on the edge that we're really crossing the line, we're breaking the law, but we have no other choice because our technology is not meeting the need and we're not able to produce vaccines fast enough 
to get ahead with these virus mutations. And he also said, it appears that Pfizer is recapitulating exactly what was done at the Wuhan Institute of, of Virology. And, and, and indeed, Dr. Walker did uh, refer to the Wuhan Virology Lab. Anyway, when James O'Keefe confronted Dr. Walker about his statements at the restaurant, the doctor got up out of his chair and started frantically arguing with the journalist as he calmly asked him questions. Walker exclaimed, I was trying to impress a person on a date by literally lying. I'm not even a scientist. I came from a consulting firm. I literally was on my third date with a guy, and like normal men, you lie to impress a date. Project Veritas has confirmed that Walker was a doctor and researcher in charge of research and development at Pfizer. They obtained internal Pfizer documents verifying Jordan Walker as Pfizer Director, Research and Development, Strategic Operations. He graduated from Yale 2013. Got his MD at University of Texas Southwestern Medical School. His supervisor reports to Michael Dolston, who reports to the CEO, Albert Borla. But, you know, one other thing that O'Keefe said, It's not in the article, but it is on a tweet. He said, who boasts about mutating viruses? Who brags about experimenting on monkeys to, quote, impress a date, unquote? Who says it's good for the pharmaceutical industry, but bad for America, to be honest? Who says, don't tell anyone? Director of Research and Development, mRNA Strategic Planning at Pfizer. That's who. Wow. Okay, back to the Deborah Hine article over amgreatness.com. Says, Dr. Walker also has worked as a medical consultant for Boston Consultants, according to a deep dive into his background by the coffeeandcovid.com blog. Boston Consulting Group often lends or places professionals with Fortune 100 companies like Pfizer, so that would make sense. Walker's now-deleted Apollo profile confirms his work for Boston Consulting Group and indicates he started working for Pfizer in 2021. So Keith asked him, mutating viruses? Do you not work for Pfizer? Walker objected to being filmed, threatened to call the police, and continued to rail against Project Veritas. He exclaimed, why are you doing this to someone who's just working at a company that's trying to literally help the public? This is absurd. Changing his story slightly. O'Keefe was put in an awkward position because the restaurant manager wanted him to leave, but Walker wanted the Project Veritas crew to stay because he was going to call the police on him. O'Keefe said, it's pretty remarkable that they call the police on us every time we show up and ask questions, every 
time. Dr. Walker told the restaurant employees to lock the door so the Project Veritas crew couldn't leave. He said, don't let them leave. I feel unsafe. The doctor walked away from O'Keefe at one point and began filming one of the restaurant employees in the kitchen with his iPhone camera. O'Keefe said, I don't know why he's filming her. While Walker was still milling around the kitchen, O'Keefe asked him if Pfizer was doing the directed evolution experiments or not, but Walker was on the phone with the police and didn't answer. When O'Keefe and his crew tried to leave, they found that the door was locked. O'Keefe asked the manager, could you please let us leave, ma'am? As Walker grew more agitated, O'Keefe repeatedly asked the manager to open the door so his team could leave. As the muckraker was talking to the manager, Walker approached O'Keefe, grabbed his iPad from him, and promptly dropped it on the floor. As a Veritas staffer tried to restrain the doctor, they both lost their balance and hit and fell on the floor. From the floor, Walker exclaimed, you can't just record people like that. O'Keefe's cameraman stood on the iPad to keep Walker from grabbing it again, but Walker, still on the floor, was able to wiggle it free. Walker exclaimed, he hit my head after he bumped his own head on the floor during the struggle for the iPad. He cried, do not record me, purposefully smashing the iPad again on the floor. Then he ran through the restaurant holding the iPad like a football, but he fumbled it and fell to the floor for a third time, allowing the cameraman to retrieve it. Walker repeatedly tried to get the iPad back, lunging at the Veritas staffers and playing the victim when they pushed back. He wailed, stop, let go of me, now you're hurting me. It is not okay to record people like that. It is not. As the Veritas crew were leaving, Walker whimpered, what is going on here? You cannot just record people like that. The cameraman continued to film Walker's meltdown from outside the restaurant as O'Keefe and the rest of the crew were heading to their cars. After O'Keefe and the rest of the crew had left, the cameraman filmed Walker running out into the street to stop a vehicle that he thought was O'Keefe's. When the police finally arrived, they were shown the video and said they would have happily arrested Walker if O'Keefe had been around to press charges. James O'Keefe said on Twitter, In this video, I was locked in a restaurant possible unlawful imprisonment. I was assaulted. We had our iPad destroyed. Pfizer director said I'm literally a liar. He confirmed he's Boston Consulting and Pfizer. He said he's trying to help the public. Now, Pfizer did not comment on the Project Veritas videos until Friday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern, which is the typical time, Friday night, to dump information that you're embarrassed about, 
You don't want people paying attention to. The government does it. Big corporations do it. Big tech does it. Well, this particular Friday, the Paul Pelosi body cam video had come out earlier in the day, and and that was horrible. And then the Memphis police dash cams and body cams of them beating a man to death came out less than two hours before Pfizer's statement on the Project Veritas Pfizer scandal. So it really got buried. Most people don't know anything about it. So Greg Ray, and we'll we'll talk about that more in a minute. Greg Ray, a producer for Fox News' Tucker Carlson tonight, tweeted late Thursday afternoon that Fox had tried calling and emailing Pfizer all day, but the company refused to answer any questions. He said, this is the company people trust to mess with their RNA. This is just incredible. In the opening for his show Thursday night, Carlson pointed out that the media should be pursuing this huge story, but that's not happening. He said in the 24 hours since Project Veritas posted this footage, it has been viewed more than 12 million times on Twitter, so the public's very interested. Why wouldn't they be? But the media are not. And Tucker was too diplomatic to say it, but... um, You know, Fox News does straight news all day long, and I was checking in on and off Thursday, and I never saw the straight news anchors that are on all day long on Fox News. I never saw them mention it either. That's a shame. Now, um, Daily Wire... has an article, Greg Wilson. And it says, Pfizer denies conducting COVID gain-of-function research in delayed response to Veritas video. Pfizer denied it conducts gain-of-function research on COVID-19 in a long-awaited but indirect response to a bombshell Project Veritas hidden camera sting that captured a company official describing either proposed or perhaps even ongoing experiments by the pharmaceutical firm. The company's statement began, Allegations have recently been made related to gain-of-function and directed evolution research at Pfizer, and the company would like to set the record straight. In the ongoing development of the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine, Pfizer has not conducted gain-of-function or directed evolution research. Company statement released late Friday did not mention the Project Veritas video, which was posted Wednesday evening and had received over 20 million views despite being banned from YouTube. That's quite a feat. In that video, and they're talking about the guy Jordan Walker and you know what he was uh, bragging about. But um, 
Pfizer's statement went on to describe the research it acknowledges conducting. It said, working with collaborators, we have conducted research where the original SARS-CoV-2 virus has been used to express the spike protein from new variants of concern. This work is undertaken once a new variant of concern has been identified by public health authorities. This research provides a way for us to rapidly assess the ability of an existing vaccine to induce antibodies that neutralize a newly identified variant of concern. We then make this data available through peer-reviewed scientific journals and use it as one of the steps to determine whether a vaccine update is required. It sounds almost like gain of function. Maybe even a directed evolution. Anyway, the whole thing is jacked up. But I tell you one thing: these people are playing for keeps. And we need to think about whether we are or not. There's a lot more to talk about. There are new Twitter files that have dropped. New January 6th details. New outrageous stuff about the FBI. By the way, Marco Rubio sent a letter. Marco Rubio, a senior senator from Florida, sent a letter to um, Pfizer. Mike Lee, senior U.S. senator from Utah, had some very pointed things to say about Pfizer. And so we we got a lot to talk about. Anyway, uh, that having been said, if you've tried to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage that you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Auto comes in. Red River Auto is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom. That includes the freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Auto wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. Red River Auto has perfected the online buying process. Just go to redriverauto.com and pick from hundreds of new and used vehicles. You can purchase your vehicle online if you have any questions. One of Red River's trained experts will help you through the whole process. Red River Auto makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom. The dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door, no matter where you live in the continental U.S., RedRiverAuto.com. You'll be glad you did. Now, as you know, our friend Mike Lindell, has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. 
He didn't stop by simply creating my pillow, the best pillow ever. Mike also created the best bed sheets ever. They look great, they feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. My wife and I just love sleeping on our Giza Dreams bed sheets. Now, Mike is offering the best deal on his Giza Dreams sheets. You can get a set of Giza sheets for as low as twenty nine ninety eight. The first night you sleep on these sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else again. Mike is making a special offer for my listeners. You can get a set of Giza Dreams sheets for as low as twenty nine ninety eight just by using promo code DWS. And right now, a set of pillowcases for only nine ninety eight. In this economy, instead of buying a new bed, rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper for as low as $99.99. MyPillow also has blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles, like plush, waffle, or gossamer for as low as $29.98. Get huge discounts on duvets, quilts, down comforters, and so much more. Use that promo code DWS and you'll get huge discounts on all my pillow bedding including my pillow giza dreams sheets for just 29.98. Now I'm wearing my new my slippers moccasins even as we speak. I had no idea slippers could feel this good. I also had no idea it could be 15 degrees outside and I wear my my slippers moccasins with no socks and my feet don't get cold. And these things are amazing. Right now, save up to $90 on my slippers, slip-ons and moccasins, marked down to just $49.98 by using promo code DWS. Not only that, Mike is having the biggest closeout sale ever on his sandals and slides for as low as $19.98. What makes my slippers different is Mike's exclusive four-layer design you're not going to find and any other slippers. My slippers' patented layers make them ultra-comfortable, extremely durable, and they help reduce stress on your feet. Wear them anytime, anywhere. Just use promo code DWS. Now, Mike's other passion is to support American entrepreneurs and bring manufacturing back to our country. For years, people approached Mike Lindell with great products but had no way of marketing them. MyStore.com was created to give those people a voice and a platform to bring you their amazing products made right here in the USA. MyStore.com has all kinds of great deals on automotive products, bath and beauty, books and video, clothing, decor items, food and drink, garden and patio, health, home improvement, household essentials, kitchen and dining, personal care, sports and outdoors, toys and games, and so much more. But remember, to get the deals at mystore.com or mypillow.com, you got to use promo code DWS. Oh, by the way, DWS does not stand for washed-up Democrat politician Debbie Wasserman Schultz. No, no, no. DWS stands for Doc Washburn Show. MyPillow.com and MyStore.com. Quantities are extremely limited at these amazing prices, so please order now. Just use promo code D.
WS. Okay, so Marco Rubio wrote a letter to Pfizer demanding answers to these six questions. Number one, what efforts is Pfizer currently or planning to engage in to mutate the SARS-CoV-2 virus? Number two, does Pfizer intend to continue mutating the SARS-CoV-2 virus through gain-of-function or directed evolution research with the purpose of creating new vaccines before the variant is present in the greater population. Number three, has Pfizer engaged with federal officials engaged regarding their plans to oversee this research? Please provide the names and agencies for these individuals. Number four, what steps has Pfizer taken to ensure the mutated virus does not leak from the laboratory and affect the greater population? Number five, Has Pfizer engaged with other biopharmaceutical companies to collaborate on this research effort? Please list the entities that you have been in contact with. Number six, will you commit to halting any future research that mutates the SARS-CoV-2 vaccine as substantial evidence has indicated that similar dangerous research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, very likely led to the initial emergence and global spread of the virus. So good on uh, Senator Rubio for sending that out to Pfizer and, you know, hoping against hope here that he might get some answers to it, but, you know, who knows? We'll see. The great... Mike Lee, senior senator from Utah, out there on Twitter saying, why are Google and most media outlets concealing the fact that Jordan Tristan Walker, the Pfizer executive caught on camera by Project Veritas, appeared to be bragging about COVID gain-of-function research being conducted by Pfizer? Senator Lee continues, he had bragged about COVID being a cash cow. Fair enough. It certainly has been a cash cow for Pfizer, but to engage in such dangerous research on this virus for the prospect of making more money seems like something Pfizer might want to reconsider now that the world knows about it. To be honest, I half expected Pfizer to immediately issue a statement denying either that he worked for the pharmaceutical giant or that he knew anything about the company's COVID business. To my knowledge and horror, it has not. He referred to what we think of as gain-of-function research using an apparent euphemism, directed evolution. That's kind of like calling war a directed exchange or referring to genocide as directed population control. And that's all he said. Wow. Wow. That's strong, Senator Mike Lee. We appreciate that, sir. Thank you very much. All right, now, did we did we get all the Project Veritas 
Pfizer stuff. Let's see, FDA sued for withholding COVID-19 vaccine safety analyses. Did you hear about that? The Epoch Times has it, E-P-O-C-H. U.S. Food and Drug Administration has been sued for withholding the results of key COVID-19 vaccine safety analyses. The FDA's actions violate federal law. The new lawsuit filed on January 26th in federal court in Washington by the nonprofit Children's Health Defense alleges the suit is seeking the raw results from the FDA's analyses of reports to the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. The system which the FDA runs with the CDC accepts reports of post-vaccination adverse events. As part of its vaccine safety monitoring, the FDA pledged to run an analysis called Empirical Bayesian, or EB, data mining on the reports to see if any safety signals were triggered. These signals give agencies an idea of which problems may be caused by vaccines. Agencies are supposed to research signals to verify them or rule them unrelated to vaccination. The CDC states on its website, a report to the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System, or VAERS, does not mean that a vaccine caused an adverse event. But VAERS can give CDC and FDA important information. If it looks as though a vaccine might be causing a problem, FDA and CDC will investigate further and take action if needed. Now, here's the problem. The FDA denied Children Health Defense's request for the results of the data mining, claiming that the records are intra-agency memoranda consisting of opinions, recommendations, and policy discussions within the deliberative process of FDA from which factual information is not reasonably segregable. Segregable. In other words, they can't segregate it out. I didn't know segregable was a word. I learned something new every day. The FDA also claimed that the sought-after information contains a discussion of legal and policy matters and falls within the, within the attorney work product and attorney-client privileges as enunciated by the Supreme Court. The FDA also refused to provide the results of the EB data mining to the Epoch Times using the same rationale. Now, in a set of operating procedures, the federal government said the FDA would carry out EB data mining and that the CDC would conduct a separate type of analysis using a method called proportional reporting ratio or another way to analyze the VAERS data. After lying about it when it started the proportional data mining and stonewalling inquiries, the CDC recently released the results of the analyses to the Epoch Times, revealing the agency identified hundreds of adverse events potentially connected to the Pfizer and Moderna COVID-19 vaccines. Kim Witschak, co-founder of Woody Matters, a nonprofit that advocates for a stronger FDA and drug safety system, 
said at the time that the agency's refusal to provide the analyses was not acceptable. Witsack said, Secrecy is unacceptable for an agency that said it is transparent with the public about vaccine safety. Lawmakers, including Congressman and Dr. Ronnie Jackson, Republican of Texas, have also questioned why the records weren't released. The FDA and CDC publicly acknowledge only a small number of adverse events as being definitely caused by or potentially caused by the messenger RNA vaccines, including myocarditis or heart inflammation. The CDC claimed that the results of its analyses were generally consistent with EB data mining. Children's Health Defense says the refusal by the FDA to release the EB mining results violates the Freedom of Information Act which enables people and organizations to request information from federal agencies. While exemptions exist, the FDA improperly withheld the requested data, according to the new lawsuit. It notes the FDA didn't provide any evidence to support its claims that it couldn't release the records. While Children's Health Defense appealed to the government for a fresh look at the request, the FDA said it wouldn't have a response to the appeal until around summer 2023. The Freedom of Information Act requires an agency to make requested records promptly available to a requester and imposes other time restrictions which haven't been adhered to according to the lawsuit. Children's Health Defense is asking the court to find the FDA's failures to meet the time requirements unlawful and to order the FDA to produce all non-exempt records within 20 days. It's also asking the court to award attorney's fees and other litigation costs. The FDA, of course, didn't respond to a request for comment. Mary Holland, president and general counsel of Children's Health Defense, said in a statement, it's long overdue for the FDA to release the data on the empirical Bayesian data mining that it promised even before the COVID shot rollout. It's reprehensible for this agency established to protect the American people to conceal critical data. I trust that the courts will command the FDA to do its job. That's Zachary Steber, senior reporter for the Epic Times. And the article, of course, is entitled FDA sued for withholding COVID-19 vaccine safety analyses. Again, they're playing for keeps. Are you? So, now we can talk about some other things since we've kind of exhausted the thing with Big Pharma. You know, I I talked about the other stuff that came out Friday. The... um, Tragic video, body cam video, of Paul Pelosi being attacked uh, by a guy with a hammer. Also, how dense the 911 operator was, and Paul Pelosi called and made it very clear to her that there was a guy in his house that he didn't know who wanted to hang the phone up 
Well, okay, do you need a police fire rescue? I mean, if I just told you that I'm married to Nancy Pelosi and there's a guy in my house saying he's going to wait for her and she's not going to be home till tomorrow and he's trying to get me to hang the phone up, what do you think I need? Um, I don't know. A 911 dispatcher with a higher IQ? Yes, that's it. You guessed correctly. So that came out. That came out Friday afternoon, and then Friday evening, less than two hours before Pfizer dropped its uh, response to the Project Veritas video. The horrific dash cam, body cam, um, streetlight cam video of thugs masquerading as Memphis police beating a man to death. He died in the hospital two or three days later. That came out. And that was horrendous because they're dragging this guy out of a car for no apparent reason. We don't know why. And they sit him on the asphalt, and they are screaming at him, get on the ground. He's like, I am on the ground. What are you talking about? Like he's supposed to read their minds since they didn't say, lie down on your stomach. Get on the ground. Okay, I'm on the ground. What 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 next? What now? Beat the living daylight beat the living daylights out on. Horrific. And of course there are myriad media media reports. Memphis Police Department dramatically lowered standards before hiring officers charged in Tyree Nichols' death. The post millennial has that. And according to an NBC News report that they're quoting from, Tadarius Bean, Demetrius Haley, Emmett Martin III, Desmond Mills Jr., and Justin Smith, the five cops who've been fired and prosecuted, all have been Memphis Police Department officers for just a few years when the fatal beating of the 29-year-old father occurred on January 7th. Bean and Haley in particular had only been on the force since August of 2020, so less than three years. This is after the department had lowered its education standards. An Action 5 News report out of Memphis said Memphis Police Department recruits no longer needed an associate's degree or 54 college credit hours and could just get by with only five years of work experience. 2021 and 2022, recruitment was struggling in Memphis so badly, police department offered $15,000 signing bonuses. Last year, the department also reportedly lowered the fitness requirements, doing away with the timed physical ability test. Memphis Police Department even offered waivers for felons to join the, the force, according to the New York Post. And it just goes on and on and on. But... About the Memphis police chief, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, the big newspaper in Atlanta, Georgia, reminds their readers that the police chief of Memphis was once fired from the Atlanta Police Department. 
She was eventually reinstated on appeal, then eventually left for another department. But she had a lengthy career in Atlanta that nearly ended with her 2008 firing in connection with a botched investigation involving the husband of a police sergeant. Now, Carolyn C.J. Davis finds herself in the spotlight again as the nation has viewed video footage showing five Memphis police officers fatally beating a 29-year-old motorist, Tyree Nichols. But the scandal in Atlanta was um, allegedly of her, well, let, let, me, let me just put it the way the newspaper says it. Davis, who became chief of the Memphis Police Department in 2021, got her start as a patrol officer in Atlanta in 1986, quickly advanced through the ranks, holding various titles before eventually being named deputy chief. As a commander, she led Atlanta's special operations section, which included the SWAT teams, mounted patrol, motors, Atlanta Police Department's helicopter unit, vice and narcotics. She also led the city's infamous Red Dog unit, according to her biography on the Memphis police site. She also serves as the Atlanta Police Department's internal affairs commander. She was fired in 2008 for her alleged involvement in a botched sex crimes investigation into the husband of an Atlanta police sergeant. Another police employee was also fired, and the sergeant, Tanya Crane, resigned before the department decided how to punish her, according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Two detectives accused Davis, now Memphis police chief, of telling them not to investigate Sergeant Crane's husband, Terrell Marion T.C. Crane, after the department obtained sexual photos of him with underage girls. Oh, man. A federal grand jury later indicted T.C. Crane on charges of producing child pornography. He pleaded guilty to one count in January 2009. The federal indictment was issued after Atlanta police took no action in the case, though an investigation by the city later pointed to Davis largely as the reason. Then-Chief Richard Pennington, then-Chief of Police in Atlanta, first demoted Davis from major to lieutenant before firing her. She challenged her firing before the city's Civil Service Board, and was ultimately reinstated. Wow. Just wow. Sounds like Memphis was scraping the bottom of the barrel when they hired her. I ain't going to lie about that, fam. Grief. Look, I got, I got FBI stuff coming up. I got Biden stuff coming up. I got January 6th stuff coming up. But again, fascinating that Pfizer releases their non-denial denial right after the dash cam and body cam and tower cam video comes out of five black cops beating a young 29-year-old black father 
senseless, a guy with no criminal record. Timing's interesting. They're playing for keeps. Are you? Now, I, I need to tell you what AT&T did to shut down free speech. At midnight last Tuesday, AT&T's DirecTV cut the signal for the Newsmax cable news channel. Immediately shutting Newsmax off for more than 13 million customers of the satellite service, DirecTV Stream, and Uverse. This is the second time in the past year AT&T has moved to cancel a conservative news channel with DirecTV deplatforming One American News, OAN, in April. Despite Newsmax being the fourth largest cable news channel in the nation, a top 20 cable news channel overall, and watched by 25 million Americans on cable alone, according to Nielsen ratings, DirecTV said it was taking the step as a cost-cutting measure and would never pay Newsmax a cable license fee. Now, DirecTV pays cable license fees to all top 75 cable channels and to all 22 liberal news and information channels it carries. Almost all these channels are paid hefty license fees significantly more than Newsmax was seeking, and despite the fact that most of the channels have much lower ratings than Newsmax. Chris Ruddy, founder and CEO of Newsmax, said, this is a blatant act of political discrimination and censorship against Newsmax. He said the most extreme liberal channels, even with tiny ratings, get fees from AT&T's DirecTV, but Newsmax and OAN need to be deplatformed, obviously. Last week, as news spread in Congress that AT&T DirecTV was moving to deplatform, Newsmax, 41 Republican congressmen, led by Wesley Hunt, Texas, sent a letter to the CEOs of AT&T DirecTV and hedge fund TPG Capital, the minority operator of the satellite system, warning of upcoming hearings. The members of Congress also demanded to know why conservative media was being targeted for censorship, with a letter noting that the House is deeply concerned about this undemocratic assault on free speech. In his letter, Congressman Hunt said, if Newsmax is removed from DirecTV in less than a year, House Republicans will have lost two of the three cable news channels that reach conservative voters on a platform that primarily serves conservative-leaning areas of the country. The letter was signed by some of the most significant members of the House, including Republican Conference Chair, Representative Elise Stefanik, House Oversight Chair James Comer, and Ways and Means Chair Jason Smith. Hunt's letter claims that DirecTV is moving to deplatform Newsmax by denying it cable fees on a fair and equitable basis. AT&T DirecTV's decision to drop OAN and Newsmax comes on the heels of February 2021 letter written by 
Representative Anna Eshu, Democrat, California, and then Representative Jerry McNerney, Democrat, California, demanding the cable and satellite TV providers explain their alleged role in the spread of dangerous misinformation by carrying conservative networks. After the letter from those two radical left-wing Democrats, April 2022, AT&T removed OAN from DirecTV. About the same time, the Biden administration speedily speedily approved AT&T's proposed $43 billion merger of its Warner Media division with Discovery. AT&T continues to own 70% of DirecTV, but in 2021 added TPG Capital as its partner with a 30% stake. TPG, a Texas-based financial firm and hedge fund, is known for its liberal politics. FEC documents show that since 1993, 90% of its donations have gone to Democrat candidates and committees. Hunt's letter also said, Newsmax is one of the most watched cable news channels in America. Millions of people turn to Newsmax as a source of trust and information. Now more than ever, the American people need access to a free and fair press. As news reports indicated, the likelihood of a Newsmax platforming last Tuesday night, DirecTV representatives made false claims to the media about Newsmax and its negotiations. DirecTV falsely claimed to media outlets that Newsmax was asking for a fee but still wants to keep a free stream on OTT platforms, over-the-top service, type of service offered directly to viewers. But that's false. No operator pays a fee while Newsmax streams free, and DirecTV was fully aware the free stream would end this year. A DirecTV representative claimed in a statement, we've discussed with Newsmax on several occasions that we'd like to offer their programming However, the network is now seeking significant fees that we cannot pass on to our broad customer base. But an analysis shows Newsmax is seeking a fee with a 75% discount to its market value and compared to fees currently paid by DirecTV, almost all 50 channels below Newsmax in ratings get higher Fees. Last year, three major cable operators renewed with Newsmax agreed to the modest fee. Newsmax is simply urging its supporters to move their pay TV, move their cell phone, and other services from AT&T and DirecTV to other companies that do not engage in political discrimination. Newsmax is also encouraging viewers and readers to contact their members of Congress and senators to oppose censorship of Newsmax and demand support for fairness and equality for conservative media. Now, speaking of moving your cell phone service away from AT&T, which is discriminating against conservative channels like One American News and Newsmax, I got an idea for you. Patriot Mobile. Perhaps you've heard of them. They're America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier. Now more than ever, in light of this news, the Newsmax, now more than ever, it's important to band together and support companies that share our conservative values. 
Patriot Mobile donates a portion of every dollar earned to organizations that fight for causes you care about. Patriot Mobile has exceptional nationwide coverage and uses the same towers the main carriers use. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, along with great discounts for our veterans and first responder heroes, as well as multi-line users. Now, if you're like me, you got more than one line. you got more than one cell phone on your bill. I'm saving serious money since I moved over to Patriot Mobile. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're shifting your support from the leftist progressive agendas of Big Mobile, hint, hint, to the Christian conservative causes of Patriot Mobile. When you become a Patriot Mobile member, your dollars are helping to fund our God-given right to freedom. A portion of every dollar they earn is given back to the causes that support organizations that fight for First Amendment religious freedom, freedom of speech, even on cable channels, Second Amendment right to bear arms, sanctity of life, and the needs of our veterans and first responders. Switching is easy. Just do what I did. Go to PatriotMobile.com or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. Make sure you use promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, now also offers competitive business plans to suit companies of any size. So, if you're a conservative-owned business, tired of seeing your hard-earned dollars, go to Corporate Woke Agendas. Switch to Patriot Mobile Business today. Learn more at business.patriotmobile.com or call their 100% U.S.-based member services team at 469-FREEDOM. Use promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. That's business.patriotmobile.com or call 469-FREEDOM. Now I'm delighted to tell you about the best-kept secret in American healthcare. And i got to tell you, sometimes I see wealthy powerful, famous people on TV who obviously are having issues they don't know what to do about. They got a stiff neck or other obvious things going on. And I'm thinking if only there was a way to get through to these people about getting your atlas adjusted. Um, Let me tell you how that works. Having problems with sinuses and allergies? Are you experiencing dizziness, vertigo? How about problems with your blood sugar, eczema, psoriasis, migraines? Well, the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center might be able to help you even if you don't live in Arkansas. Let me tell you how. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain. When that happens, your central nervous system isn't able to communicate with the rest of your body as it's designed to do. Now, I had severe hay fever. Five or six weeks every spring all my life. When I got my atlas adjusted, the hay fever went away and it's never come back. I had bad migraines year-round. They went away too. And I'm very thankful. Again, if you're suffering from sinus conditions, allergies, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, eczema, 
psoriasis, even migraines. Do yourself a favor. Call my friends at Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009 for a free consultation. They've helped me. They've helped my wife. They've helped so many people we know. Please call them to see if they can help you. Once again, that number for your free consultation, 501-279-2009. Now, if you're outside central Arkansas, and this sounds like something you want to look into, just go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, and click on the tab that says find a doctor near you. And I sure hope you can. Now, I've been talking about how the world is going crazy with supply chain issues, record-setting inflation, sky-high gas prices, and woke corporations that stand against everything we believe in. We all know how the big box stores were allowed to stay open all during the pandemic, while so many little guys, small business owners, regular people, were forced to close. The wealthiest people on earth became better off while mom-and-pop businesses suffered. The question is, what are we willing to do about it? How can our voices be heard? Well, we can make a difference by voting with our dollars. Why continue shopping at big box stores if you can get the items you need from a family-owned company? Now, finally, we can shop Factory Direct at a family-owned, made-in-America manufacturer. Switch to America.com is helping Americans walk away from the big box conglomerates. That's why Switch to America was created, with regular folks like you and me in mind. One of the best ways to get around this crazy inflation is to shop with family-owned companies that put their customers first rather than shareholders and corporate executives. Now, a lot of patron influencers have come aboard. I'm inviting you to join with fellow patriots and cut off the cash flow of the big, woke corporations that are trying to destroy our country. We're done with a woke, globalist operation against humanity. Each of us can take market share away from these businesses that have enjoyed unfair advantages. We can choose to help each other by shopping family-owned, made in America. Join with over 2 million monthly shoppers that have already made the switch. Let's start voting with our dollars to make sure our purchases are supporting companies that promote freedom. Now an even more exciting addition, fresh American-raised beef. Raised in the mountains of Montana, near Yellowstone, this beef is known as Never Ever. Never has the animal ever been exposed to antibiotics or hormones. This prime or high-choice beef is shipped directly to your door. Pricing and availability is exclusive only to our members and isn't shipped anywhere else in the world. SwitchToAmerica.com is dedicated to offering family-owned alternatives for items we buy on a regular basis. Just go to SwitchToAmerica.com when it asks how you heard about us Click on my name, Doc Washburn, plug in your info, and I'll have one of my guys contact you. Switch to America.com. All right, now, there is a lot of information that is being hidden from you. 
Why is that? Because they're playing for keeps. You know what I'm saying? Why do you think Nancy Pelosi didn't want to release the 14,000 hours of closed-circuit security camera video from the U.S. Capitol from January 6, 2021, showing what really happened? Because they're playing for keeps. Let me uh, tell you some stuff you didn't know. Now, if you've been listening to the Doc Washburn show for a while, you probably heard of a guy named Ray Epps. Ray Epps was a guy who was all over video urging people to get into the Capitol the night before on January 5th and then also on January 6th. However, however, there's new video. Julie Kelly posted on Twitter. She said, well, you never know who you'll see on police body cam footage from January 6th. Look, it's Ray Epps calmly lingering near police lines as the cops start attacking protesters, peaceful protesters, with tear gas and tasers. But oddly enough, Ray Epps himself is spared. Ray Epps does not get flashbanged as he stays near a guy with a megaphone who's also encouraging people to go into the Capitol. Yeah, I wonder if Ray Epps is a Fed. What do you think? I think that might be a possibility. Now, Julie Kelly over on her Twitter also says, vengeful, inhumane, Department of Justice strikes again. Doctor who attempted to treat Ashley Babbitt gunshot wound was just arrested and charged with four misdemeanors. This is how FBI Director Chris Ray's Joint Terrorism Task Force spends its time. This Dr. Harris was on his knees checking Ashley Babbitt's upper chest wound when a Capitol Police bicycle officer reached down and grabbed him by the shoulders. The officer wrestled the doctor away from Ashley Babbitt, grabbed him by the jacket, and shoved him down the hallway. That's on video now. You know, one of those videos that Nancy Pelosi and her goon squad didn't want released? Yeah. Yeah, that kind of video. Julie Kelly on Twitter says, what we know about January 6th. Number one, Pelosi and McConnell left the building and grounds unprotected because they had joint responsibility for security. McConnell, majority leader in the Senate, Pelosi, then Speaker of the House. Number two, police initiated egregious attacks on political protesters resulting in the deaths of four Trump supporters and injured dozens more. 
Number three, the government covers up all of it. And number four, the FBI played a major role. All right, now, Julie Kelly has an article dated January 27th at amgreatness.com called January 6th was the worst incident of police brutality since the civil rights era. And again, it's just more evidence. These people are playing for keeps. She says, one might be inclined to apply Hanlon's razor, which means never attribute to malice that which is adequately explained by stupidity. One might be inclined to apply that to the actions of law enforcement at the Capitol on January 6, 2021. One might even be inclined to replace the word stupidity with the word incompetence to explain why police behaved the way they did that afternoon. But a growing body of evidence suggests neither stupidity nor incompetence can justify what now appears to be the worst incident of police brutality against political protesters since the civil rights era of the 1960s. After two years of watching cherry-picked video clips produced by the Department of Justice and the news media to attempt to depict Trump supporters as the violent aggressors on January 6th, the public now has an opportunity to see what really happened. Thanks to police body cam footage released at trial, it's ugly and it's clearly malicious. As American Greatness has reported for nearly two years, members of the Capitol Police and D.C. Metropolitan Police Department were involved in egregious acts of excessive force during the Capitol protest. Some use of force obviously was necessary, but police officers initiated most of the confrontations with otherwise peaceful protesters lawfully exercising their First Amendment rights in the nation's capital. Protesters, by and large, were not attempting to commit any crime and did not know the entire lawn surrounding the Capitol building had been declared off-limits. They had no idea. After all, police officials have since admitted that by the time people who attended President Trump's speech arrived at the Capitol, the signs and the fencing indicating the campus was closed, had all been torn down. That doesn't stop the Justice Department from from indicting these people, though, does it? The conclusion of Trump's speech at around 1.10 p.m. coincided nearly to the minute with law enforcement's first use of munitions on protesters assembled on the west side of the Capitol. Roughly 20 minutes earlier, a police barricade of metal racks on the far exterior of the grounds had been breached. But footage captured by the body camera of a D.C. Metro police officer showed that law enforcement had successfully pushed a growing crowd away from the building by 1.15 p.m. 
Officer Daniel Thau, however, was on a mission. T-H-A-U. Sounding alternatively like a madman or a bully, Officer Thau desperately pleaded with other officers to give him munitions to use against the crowd despite a relatively controlled atmosphere outside. Epic Times reporter Joe Hanneman observed in a detailed analysis of Officer Officer Thau's footage over the more than 75 minutes that Thau was behind the police lines at ground level, he was like a one-man strike force. He felled at least four protesters with a taser, tossed countless explosives into the crowd, and fired a munition launcher with a 40-millimeter shell at point-blank range over the barricade. By 2.15 p.m., Officer Thau recognized it was a pointless exercise. He says it, He said it's useless. We're just blank shooting zombies, man. We're shooting zombies. That's it. Further, Officer Thau admitted the unwarranted attacks were backfiring. He said we're taking out one and ten are getting more angry or sick. We're multiplying them by hitting them. Even worse, police misused chemical gas munitions, resulting in injuries to fellow officers who then retreated from the reinforced line. People inside the building didn't fare much better. Whether they climbed in through broken windows or walked through open doors, protesters eventually filled various areas of the Capitol, including the rotunda, and were met by police officers in full riot gear, including helmets, ballistic vests, eye shades, gas masks, and metal batons. And again... Despite no attempts to commit violence or vandalism there, protesters were subjected to harsh punishment by the police. Cops shoved and punched people who were seemingly trapped inside the rotunda, unsure how to exit. One woman is heard saying on body camera footage from D.C. Metro Police Officer Terrence Craig, Do you feel big and strong now? Does that get you off pushing around a bunch of women? a bunch of blank, unarmed women. Men witnessed an officer shove another woman without provocation. One protester yelled at police, Sergeant, take care of that officer right now. She's going to cause real problems. People can be heard screaming in pain. One unidentified officer is seen repeatedly punching someone on the floor. Now, it's important to note that lawmakers and Vice President Mike Pence had already been evacuated by that point. Police could have easily escorted people outside, locked the doors, and instructed those remaining outside it was time to leave. Instead, protesters were used as human punching bags and target practice. Four Trump supporters lost their lives on January 6, 2021, at the Capitol. Capitol Police Lieutenant Michael Byrd shot and killed Ashley Babbitt, an unarmed female veteran, at 2.44 p.m. Prior to her execution, two men on the west side of the Capitol grounds, the location where Officer Thau and his colleagues had launched an assault on protesters, two men over there suffered fatal heart attacks at the same time. Independent journalist 
Taylor Hansen documented the circumstances of the deaths of Benjamin Phillips and Kevin Greeson around 2 p.m. on January 6th. Hansen wrote in an analysis, the first grenade was thrown deep into the peaceful protesters. Following the initial crowd munition exploding, four of the first grenades can be seen and heard on video in under 30 seconds. Hansen concluded both Greeson and Phillips died in the initial grenade barrage. His account appears to be supported by first responders called to the scene. One D.C. firefighter explained in a video produced by the city's emergency medical services in 2021, quote, We started hearing explosions that later turned out to be flashbangs or smoke grenades, unquote. Gary Zekin, a D.C. emergency medical technician, said in the video, quote, the tension in the crowd was getting higher and higher as the flashbang grenades were going off around us, unquote. Police continued throwing grenades as paramedics attempted to reach the two stricken men. Paramedic Glenn Hanna said, It was just an unexplained, why was he in cardiac arrest? Nobody knew, so they were thinking maybe he got injured. Maybe it was a stun grenade. Maybe he tased himself. Tased himself? Other calls flooded in to report injuries. While conveniently leaving out the identity of the responsible party, one dispatcher told first responders someone shot a grenade at the patient's face. His teeth are out. His mouth is bleeding. Some protesters were set on fire for the impact of the flashbangs, but perhaps perhaps no one suffered a more cruel fate than Roseanne Boyland, a Trump supporter from Georgia. Video posted by the Gateway Pundit on Thursday shows people attempting to resuscitate Boyland near the Lower West Terrace Tunnel, the scene of the most violent clashes between police and protesters. This is where officers viciously beat another female Trump supporter, as was reported at amgreatness.com back in 2021, and she links to her reporting there. Boyland likely suffocated after being hit with noxious chemical gas in the enclosed area, then trampled as police forcefully pushed people outside the tunnel even though the building had been empty for nearly two hours. It's the first time Boylan's lifeless body is seen in full view. Desperate protesters then drag her body to a line of officers and plead for help. But the police keep attacking people and seem unconcerned with her condition. One officer identified as Lila Morris reportedly beat Boylan's dead body with a metal baton as she lay face up on the ground. As Boylan's body is finally dragged away by police, protesters confront officers. She's blank dead. This is on you, blank, blank. 
D.C. coroner claimed that Roseanne Boylan died of a drug overdose. The Biden regime and news media continue to describe January 6th as a deadly insurrection based on the falsehood the five officers died. Meanwhile, the names of the Americans who did die that day are never mentioned. Political protests in Washington, D.C. are nothing new. Since 2016, numerous heavily attended protests, the Women's March, the March for Science, anti-Brett Kavanaugh events, to name just a few, went off without a single flashbang or sting ball filled with rubber bullets or canisters filled with chemical powder. So what made January 6th different? Well, the answer is obvious. Trump supporters are considered subhuman by the ruling class. They're not entitled to the same protections, either constitutional or personal security, as any other group of Americans. That's why police unleashed their fury on January 6th with impunity. Not only have they faced no consequences, but both departments have received congressional and presidential medals of valor. Maybe next time they can just shoot all the protesters in the head. Now that is a link. That's a link to an article over the Huffington Post, October 8th, 2022, by Lee Moran, quoting a book that had just come out in early October 2022, in which Lindsey Graham is quoted as saying, you guys should have shot them all in the head to the Capitol Police. I mean, what do you do with that? Uh, I, I just, it's just remarkable, isn't it? Again, they're all playing for keeps. There's no question about that. Man. It's outrageous to me. Now, I'll tell you a little bit more. The great Jack Posobiec, uh, editor of Human Events, has a tweet out there from last Friday morning. Pictures of a. Uh, Police officer. He says, This is Officer Lila Morris, badge number 5869, who beat protester Roseanne Boyland to death with a stick on the steps of the U.S. Capitol. That's messed up. They're playing for keeps, right? You realize that. Julie Kelly over there on Twitter says, Police murdered Ashley Babbitt. They murdered Roseanne Boyland. They very, they very likely murdered Benjamin Phillips and Kevin Greeson. And they seriously injured many more American citizens not attempting to commit a crime or fleeing police. She says, The videos linked in my piece only scratch the surface of the totality 
of what happened that day, linking to the article I just shared with you. She says, body cam footage will reveal more, and the 14,000 hours of surveillance video will tell it all. She says, according to logic of those defending Ashley Babbitt's murder, these protesters should have been shot too. And she has a link to an article with a picture of protesters when Brett Kavanaugh was being confirmed. She said, these ladies too. And it's a bunch of those uh, women's march people, again, protesting against Brett Kavanaugh. She says, luckily they're alive. Yeah. Again, these people are playing for keeps. But are you? People who enthusiastically support abortion all nine months for any reason whatsoever, they're not going to have any qualms about other people being murdered. Right? Sometimes I get people saying, hey, be careful, Doc. Be careful. I'm like, look, I appreciate your concern. I appreciate everything. But... um. I just believe that I'm commanded to fear God, not man. And so that's, uh, none of us are perfect. Sometimes we goof, you know. Sometimes we're like, oh, wait a minute. Why am I fearing man when I'm only supposed to fear God? I think we've all been there. But we need to get into his word and stop being there. Oh, by the way, um, has the mainstream media covered over the weekend one of the largest egg farms in America went up in flames on Saturday, Bozra, Connecticut? Yeah. Hillendale Farms, Bozra, Connecticut. They got the... This is from... um, NBC Connecticut. Well, they got the flames, man. They got the they got the smoke. You see it from miles away. I don't know how many thousands of hens might have met an untimely death there. Crews from sixteen surrounding departments. You you think all these fires at food processing plants are all just uh, coincidences? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. Now, before I forget, I have to tell you some really good news that we're really excited about here at the Doc Washburn Show. I'm scheduled to interview General Michael Flynn on Tuesday, February 21st at 1 p.m. Eastern. So don't miss it. Mark your calendar now. My goal is to ask him some things that, well, I don't know if they're things that nobody else has ever asked him before, but there's certainly things that I haven't heard him asked. Is that fair enough? Okay. In the meantime, on our next episode of the Doc Washburn Show, 
on Monday, January 30th, I'm planning on sharing with you a lot of stuff about the new Twitter files that have dropped recently. Oh, my goodness. And we might even try to get to the bottom of why is all this classified document stuff coming out with Biden? Is this just Democrat machine saying, okay, you've had your fun, but you don't get to run again? we'll, We'll try to get into that. I think we uh I think it's about time to to deal with it. But oh, one thing I did forget, Dr. Naomi Wolf. Got some audio of her talking about the Pfizer response to their scandal. When I would see the news reporting of, you know, Delta, Omicron, never before in the history of a disease was there that kind of branding of variants, right? Or even the word variant or, you know, the very flashy language that the New York Times, totally in the tank, for Pfizer used um, through their um, very bought-off reporter, Apoorva Mondavili. Uh, she, she called it for a while a, a double variant or double mutant variant, right? I mean, this is language from like 1950s horror films. And, and never before, not with tuberculosis, not with AIDS and HIV, you know, not with um, certainly manifestations of flu were the, the variations so branded. Um, and I know enough about marketing, right, and marketing a campaign to know that this was a campaign highly developed, distributed to all these news outlets with talking points and press releases. This is the new variant. Well, obviously, the new variant is going to be a pretext for a new product, right? It's just like fashion or it's just like, you know, the avocado colored accessories in 1970s kitchens. Well, now that's out of fashion. So you need, you know, stainless steel accessories. Now that's out of fashion. You need white accessories. Um, so that's what they're trying to do with this disease and and with these vaccines. And and what's and that's what they're doing. So I guess what's truly terrifying, but not again not surprising to us at War Room Daily Clout because we've seen how genocidal systematically this company is, is this um, press release that Pfizer issued a response at 8 o'clock on a Friday night, what reporters call a dump, right, after the news day, um, it basically acknowledges that this is true. It is a confirmation. And there are things in the wording that are so disturbing to me um, because of the reporting I've done about the role of China and other countries that are our enemies in developing these vaccines. And I'm happy to speak to that if you like. You're playing for keeps. They're, I mean, for real. They're playing for keeps. But the question is, are you? I have a um, short clip from Bill Gates. This is horrendous. I tend to see uh, China's rise as a huge win for the world. I mean, that's 20% of humanity. They today match their their portion of the global economy and their portion of the global population match exactly. Uh, you know, countries like Australia, U.S., we, you know, have per capita GDPs five times uh, what the Chinese have. So we have a disproportionate share. That sounds like a man who thinks you have too much money. 
He doesn't think he has too much money. He thinks you have too much money. Bill Gates. They're playing for keeps. You know what? So am I. Hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by Red River Auto, the big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to online. Have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental U.S. Red River Auto sponsors today's tweet of the day. Now, this is fantastic. This is fascinating. The tweet of the day is from a guy named uh, David Sunfellow. author of a couple of books I've never heard of before, The Purpose of Life and 500 Quotes from Heaven. Interesting. And he links in his tweet to an article from CNN, COVID vaccine profits meant nine new pharma billionaires. Subtitle, COVID-19 vaccines have created at least nine new billionaires after shares in companies Producing the shots sword. Okay? Now, this David Sunfellow guy responds to it with a verse out of the Bible. The words of our Lord from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, verse 36, in which he says, What does it profit a man to gain the whole world? yet forfeit his soul. So, all these bad guys, Bill Gates, George Soros, Klaus Schwab, all these bad guys, Barack and Michelle Obama, Joe and Jill Biden, All these bad guys think they're playing for keeps. Eric Swalwell, Adam Schiff, Lindsey Graham, Mitt Romney, all these bad guys think they're playing for keeps, but you can't take it with you. I think that most people who listen to Doc Washburn's show are very agitated very concerned about what is going on in our world and especially what's going on in our country. And you want to do something about it. You want to be a force for good and not evil in our society. You want to be a constructive force, not a destructive force. But you are never going to know what God wants you to do to help your fellow man and to strengthen the things that remain in your society until and unless you commit your way to him. 
Commit your way to the Lord, and he will establish your path. You ever heard that? Because I know some of the people I talk to go to church every Sunday. Uh, Maybe some of the people I talk to used to go to church when they were young and haven't been in years. And then maybe some of the people I talk to are like, church, that's that's a whole different ballgame. I'm not familiar with that. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Well, for that matter, honor the Lord with your wealth and the, with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. How about that? If you really want to know what you're supposed to do to be a force for good, not for evil, to be a force for a constructive force, not a destructive force, to be a person who can help strengthen the things that remain within our society. There's only one place to go. You have to give your life to God. You're not going to be able to figure it out otherwise. Bill Gates thinks he's got this thing all figured out. Bill Gates is firmly persuaded, hey, 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 wait a minute, I'm one of the good guys. He couldn't be more wrong, but he doesn't know it. But I'm here to tell you he is. Christopher Ray, FBI director, thinks, I'm one of the good guys. Uh-uh. No, you're not. Until and unless you commit your way to the Lord, you're not going to know what he wants you to do positive for your community. All right. Having said that, you've been listening to episode 333 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier X. And that's the way it is. Sunday, January 29th, 2023.